This is the news from the Lord. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord with another edition of the Did He Really Just Say That podcast, The Word of the Lord. So, now the cancel culture is taking aim at Fox News, Newsmax, and One America News Network. I'll have more in a minute. But first, by now you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. I met Mike Lindell. He fit me for my very own my pillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. And they are made in the good old USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time, because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow, regularly $69.98, for only $29.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener's Square. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-606-1043 and use promo code JEFF. Now, this time the cancel culture arrives in the threatening form of the United States House of Representatives. Two members of Congress, California Democrats Anna Eshoo and Jerry McNerney, have sent letters to the companies who carry cable news outlets. The purpose? To demand that they stop carrying Fox News, Newsmax, and the One America News Network. As if that weren't dangerous enough, the two belong to the House Energy and Commerce Committee, which spent a day holding hearings on whether those three networks should be shut down. Let me read you a few excerpts from the letter sent to the CEOs of these corporations that carry the cable news channels. This one was sent to the head of AT&T, and it says in part, quote, our country's public discourse is plagued by misinformation, disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies. These phenomena undergird the radicalization of seditious individuals who committed the acts of insurrection on January 6th, and it contributes to a growing distrust of public health measures necessary to crush the pandemic. We are concerned about the role AT&T plays in disseminating misinformation to millions of its U-verse, DirecTV, and AT&T TV subscribers, and we write to you today to request additional information about what actions AT&T is taking to address these issues. Experts have noted that the right-wing media ecosystem is, quote, much more susceptible to disinformation, lies, and half-truths, unquote. Right-wing media outlets like Newsmax, One America News Network, and Fox News all aired misinformation about the November 2020 elections. For example, both Newsmax and OANN ran incendiary reports of, quote, false information following the elections and continue to support an angry and dangerous subculture that will continue to operate semi-openly. As a violent mob was breaching the doors of the Capitol, Newsmax coverage called the scene a sort of romantic idea. Fox News means 
meanwhile, has spent years spewing misinformation about American politics, unquote. Oh, my, where to begin? How about that line on Fox? The one that reads, Fox News, meanwhile, has spent years spewing misinformation about American politics, unquote. Bluntly put, that is a bald-faced lie. What these two Congress people do not like is that the liberal narrative of American politics is challenged by non-liberals at Fox. Pick one, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, Fox and Friends. In fact, I used to work at CNN. That would be the liberal network that spent the four years of the Trump administration spreading the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. There was not a word of truth to it. But no one is suggesting or should suggest that CNN be taken off the air. What this is really all about is that the left has lost their one-time monopoly on information. Let me give you three examples from the long-ago past to illustrate how the liberal game was played before conservative media. It's 1964, uh, late 1963 and, and, and then on to 1964. Arizona's Republican Senator Barry Goldwater, dubbed Mr. Conservative, uh, as he was the unofficial standard bearer of the aborning conservative movement, was ready, getting ready to run for president in 1964. And finally, he did so. In his memoirs, he discusses three separate incidents, all of them involving CBS News. Number one, CBS, through its president, Fred Friendly, came to Goldwater in 1963 telling him CBS wanted to produce an hour-long documentary on the conservative revolution in America. They even mentioned the title the conservative revival. Goldwater was reluctant because he said, quote, CBS News had a liberal bias, unquote. Now that's in 1963, but he thought these were, quote, gentlemen and men of their word, unquote, so he agreed. CBS correspondent Eric Severide came to Goldwater's office, and the interview lasted about uh, two and a half hours. The session went downhill immediately, Goldwater said, and he could almost... Uh, he, he was going crazy at the questions. One was asking how he could possibly run for president since he didn't have a college degree. It was also suggested that he was an accomplice, quote-unquote, of the far-right John Birch Society and other, quote, similar groups, unquote. On it went in this fashion. Goldwater's press secretary was so angry at the insulting and hostile questions he wanted the on-camera interview halted. Goldwater, once committed, waved him off and went on with it. Next, a CBS camera crew followed Goldwater around for over a month to get footage for the show. The show finally came out. It had been retitled, Thunder on the Right. Now the focus was on the John Birch Society, the Minutemen, and other, quote, far-right activists, unquote. The program had become an attack on those groups and not a documentary on the conservative revival. The only part of the very long interview that Eric Severide had conducted with Goldwater was a single Goldwater answer to a question on the John Birch Society, in which he said, Birchers were not violating the Constitution. No mention was made that, as Goldwater wrote, he, quote, had long opposed the views of the Birchers and similar groups, unquote. The film was actively, very actively, very selectively edited to make it appear that Goldwater was directly linked to these extremist groups Goldwater said, and he never again accepted the word of the CBS president or reporter Severide again. Number two, President John F. Kennedy is assassinated in Dallas, Texas on November 22, 1963. Goldwater and JFK were not just ideological opposites. They happened also to be great friends. 
In fact, JFK had suggested to Goldwater that if, in fact, Goldwater was the 1964 Republican nominee, that the two of them campaigned together. And Kennedy's idea was that the two would fly around the country on Air Force One and then debate each other, a 20th century version of the Lincoln-Douglas debates. When Kennedy was killed on a Friday, the country was plunged into televised trauma over the, over the space of the weekend and the following Monday. The funeral was on Monday with a solemn parade from the funeral service at St. Matthew's Cathedral featuring a horse-drawn caisson bearing the flag-draped casket and burial at Arlington National Cemetery. CBS News anchor Walter Cronkite went on the air and announced that Barry Goldwater would not attend the funeral because he was, quote, in Indiana giving a political speech, unquote. There was not a word of truth to that. In fact, Goldwater's own mother-in-law had died, and her son-in-law was busy arranging and attending her funeral. Goldwater was livid. Cronkite said nothing about JFK and Goldwater being friends. An example number three from 1964. As I have noted before, as Goldwater was preparing to accept the 1964 nomination at the Republican convention in San Francisco, literally the week of the, the, the convention opened, out of the blue comes a CBS report from correspondent Daniel Shore that once the convention is over, Goldwater will fly to Germany, to Hitler's old stopping grounds, as it was said, to link up with far-right activists uh, in Germany and, and put them together with conservatives in America. There was not a single word of truth to it. Goldwater, newly nominated, wasn't going anywhere but home to Arizona to rest up for the fall campaign. But it was clear to Goldwater the obvious reason for the story was to link Goldwater and conservatives with some sort of nefarious Nazi connection in Germany and not a word of truth to it. Now, Today, these stories would quickly be debunked. Where? At Fox News, or Newsmax, or One American News. And that is precisely the reason Democrats want to silence all three networks. Let's get back in the time machine and go back a little further to show exactly what happens when Congress tries to intimidate Americans into silence, because, yes, indeed, America has been here before. In the 1940s, there was the infamous House on american Activities Committee, HUAC, as it was called by its initials, was all about investigating and calling out various Americans, notably in Hollywood, who were suspected of being or who had once been communist. The buzzword phrase of the day was, have you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? The committee had a name change to the House Internal Security Committee in 1969 and was active until it was abolished in 1975. But the files of the committee from the 1940s are perfectly preserved in the House archives. And I've spent some time going through them to see just how the, what just what happens when a committee of Congress, the government, sets itself up as the arbiter of what is acceptable free speech in America. From file number 29, which is a file of, quote, individuals, unquote, the file says, quote, arrangement statement, arranged alphabetically by surname of the individual, records unit description. This file consists of a variety of of documentation accumulated or generated by HUAC about names and, and individuals suspected of participating in some way in subversive activities. Each folder in the file, and the file was several feet uh, high, each folder in the file is identified with the heading, surname, 
Folders typically contain excerpts from newspapers and periodicals, HUAC-generated reference reports, subpoenas, published hearings, committee reports, and correspondence relating to committee witnesses. Some folders also contain mimeographed flyers, printed flyers, as well as posters, meeting notices, and leaflets. Then there was, shockingly, this in File 30, titled Files on Selected Political Persons, Reminder at the FNR, that's a finding and, re and reference file, I believe, of individual names. Arrangement statement. Arranged in alphabetical order by name. Recorded, recorded uh, unit description. This file consists of documentation about the actions of senators, members of the House of Representatives, Supreme Court justices, a former president, and other political persons of interest to HUAC. Each folder in the file is identified with the headline and their name and contains documentation similar to that found in the files relating to individuals. It also includes clippings, press releases, correspondence, cross-references to documents filed, and so on. Unquote. So you got that? HUAC, the committee, was keeping files on, quote, the activities of senators, members of the House of Representatives, Supreme Court members, a former president, and other political persons of interest. Wow. I mean, you can't get more incredible than that, I don't think. And then there was uh, file number 40. It reads, it heads, The Radio and Television Industry, 1945 to 1975. Arrangement Statement. Subjects are arranged in alphabetical order. Record Unit Description. The file was maintained to track activities in the radio and television industry. It consists primarily of clippings and excerpts from newspapers and periodical publications, summaries and cross-references to documents filed elsewhere among the committee records, press releases, and other material. The files relate to various programs, commentators, stations, and broadcasts over radio and television. The folders in this series are labeled Radio and TV. Noteworthy here with this file 40, what are Newsmax, Fox, and OAM? Not to mention conservative talk radio or the countless conservative websites out there that are the, uh, the 21st century version of the radio and television industry. These are the people today who are in an identical situation or are, seem to be on their way to an uh, identical situation, being investigated not by HUAC in the 1940s, but today by the House Energy and Commerce Committee. Literally, no person or group appeared to escape in America appeared to escape the committee's investigations. They also included files on the activities of unions, newspapers, religions, uh, races, organizations and groups, and others. The point is quite simple. We have been there. We have First Amendment rights. We have free speech, and we have a free press. For me to, uh, for members of Congress to start investigations of a free press and demand that the free press be silenced, in this case, that would be Fox News, Newsmax, and One America News. If that happens, then America is on the way to a dictatorship. The time for Americans to speak up and demand that these witch hunts cease and desist is right now. This is Jeffrey Lord. Come visit my website, thejeffreylord.com, and I'll see you for the next episode of The Word of the Lord. Mm -hmm.